Welcome to the Cosmetic Podcast. This podcast amplifies the topics you want to hear about. Cosmetic means being a personal thing that gives rise to a phenomenon that is dynamic or energized. Globally minded and locally focused. I'm Keith Benson. And I'm Roger Garage. Well, today we're going to be talking about the cost of racism. Is it too much of a price to pay? What do you say? I say it is. I absolutely say it is, right? But then I think that we have to look at this whole idea of cost. Are we talking about money? Are we talking about relationships? Are we talking about missed opportunities? Like, what cost are you talking about? Because all of them are terrible, right? And I think that all of those are costs to pay. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times we can summarize things in this financial way, but we also got to look at missed opportunities that are out there. Some of that looks like from just two good people coming together and being married. Right. That can look like, you know, being able to move into this neighborhood versus that neighborhood and then what would become of you, mm-hmm. what will become of your family. So lots of different ways that we can look at this cost. And we'll explore a lot of those things in our conversation today. And so Heather McGee, she's the author of The Sum of Us, What Racism Costs Everyone and How We Can Prosper Together. Mm -hmm. And she took a look at a lot of different things. And one of the things she says that racism leads to uh, bad policymaking. Oh, yeah. I would agree with that. It makes our economy even even worse. Yeah. Yeah. And, And speaking of economy. Right. So I've always been fascinated. Right. With the sociology of economy and why people spend the way that they do and why don't they respond to certain trends? So newsone.com has these incredible stats talking about black buying power, right? And so nearly 50 million black people um, in the United States have about a one trillion with a T mm. year uh, per year um, worth of buying power, but they have some very distinct patterns about how they spend their money. Like typically they spend their money, they're more influenced by high in retail and by marketing campaigns. Um, They spend more money in comparison to have things that make you outwardly appear probably more prosperous than Mm -hmm, you really mm -hmm. are, right? And so I've always wondered, does the effects of racism and you're always trying to counter or trying to prove to people that you're just as good, is this really having an effect on your buying power and your your decisions with your money? I mean, you talk about, I mean, people spend money in a variety of different ways and definitely you can see from some of the data that you just shared mm-hmm. how maybe african-americans blacks are spending spending their money in you know different ways than maybe some of the white white counterparts right you know when we talk about you know when we look at america also overall when we think about the investment that is put into different communities yeah you know uh we public goods is that is that word so when we talk about public goods it's like our schools our roads and mm-hmm. our and our bridges mm-hmm. when you think about schools for an example when you look at some of your worst schools in different communities, especially some of your larger communities, yeah. that you look at some of your lower income communities and they have some of the worst Some of schools. the worst schools. I just don't understand that. So some some try to explain it, you know, saying that systematically the money that goes to a school is derived or in proportion to the amount of taxes that's gained from right. a, a, a specific neighborhood. But if you have low home ownership, if you have low home value, if you have high transient rates, if you have large amounts of rental properties where people don't pay property taxes, those things that support school funding, then yeah, you would 
you know, I guess technically have less money to pour into that school. But where are the triggers in the system to kind of make up for those shortfalls when, you know, systemic, you know, redlining or whatever has occurred are creating these neighborhoods that are distinctly less than than some of their other counterparts? Because the impact is not just on that on that on today. The impact is there long term, because when you don't have this resource rich community, then you get you get a a less educated mm-hmm. uh, individual that yeah. may come out of that system right there. Yeah. And then therefore they graduate from high school and now they decide on, okay, because they haven't had some different resources, they may not go off to college. Right. And now we're talking about them entering into the workforce and then they enter into the workforce at this lower wage. And right. then, so therefore the trend of their lifespan mm-hmm. and then even that of maybe even their children's children, Yeah. you know, that carries on generation after generation and so at some point that life cycle has to break somewhere and and not even to mention like I had, I had done uh, some reading and just really surface level trying to understand the impacts and the cost from the healthcare perspective, mm-hmm. right, of racism, when people don't have access or when they wait really long periods of time before they get medical conditions in check, how much more or how much more taxing is that on the healthcare system um, to help cure folks or, or provide treatment when they're further along down the line than if they would have just gotten some preventative care or taken care of stuff in its early stages? You know, let's flip this over to think about relationships and then other opportunities that are lost because of this yeah. this this gap right here. And so when I think about relationships, I think about I was a uh, junior going to be a senior in high school. Mm-hmm. I went off to this camp in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and I met an individual, Caucasian young, young man at mm-hmm. the time, who had never seen in person a black person. This was your junior year in high school? Junior year in high school. And he was a junior as well? Correct. 17 years old? Correct. And he had never seen a black person? And so his image of uh, African-American person mm-hmm. was that was just on what was on TV. Wow. And that at that particular time for the different movies and stuff that were coming out, that wasn't necessarily always portrayed as as the person that I would want to be portrayed at, right. at, at times. Right? right. And so when we talk about the relationship, how much did this young man miss out on right. just being able to connect with a human being mm-hmm. that looked different? But like, how could that be, though? I mean, because the way our systems are are set up, I feel like they are purposely set up for you to be insular if you choose to do that. Like, you can be with the same people who think the same as you, who have your same values, who, you know, want to clump together and maintain that, that, you know, cohesiveness. And, And the system, you know, systems aren't set up to really break that, especially when there are certain populations who benefit from that structure. Like, I feel like there are many instances, neighborhoods and constructs and governments and and whole societies that are set up just to keep people separate because there is a fear of this intermingling for whatever reason. Like there's a whole host of reasons why people would be, you know, fearful or cautious, but um, systems just kind of hold that up. And unfortunately, I don't think that that story with you and the young man is really an anomaly. Like I think that many people get to go through their, uh, an entire span of their life where they don't have to interact with other people. They they just don't have to. And so one of the beauties of the YMCA that I think across the country is that 
we are for all. Right. And so we have this opportunity for individuals to come together. The beauty about coming into the YMCA is that when you're on that treadmill and your t-shirts and shorts, mm -hmm. you don't know what that other person is. I mean, right. it is because they got on t-shirts and shorts. I was just working out. And right. so now you have conversations and now you have this community begin to build within the four walls of the YMCA. And then that's sometimes spilled over into our sports fields with our youth sports. And you got all these different kids for, you know, they may be, they may be Asian, they may be yeah. Hispanic, they may be African-American, they may be Caucasian, but all coming together in this blended community to build true community. Yeah, I, you know, I, so I take this uh, Zumba class and primarily for the most part, the Zumba class was mainly uh, black and, and Latinx women, right? And we would be in there and we're having a good time and they're playing our favorite songs. And so one day this lady joined the class, this white lady. And, you know, of course everyone noticed her because we weren't used to seeing white ladies. And then she comes in and she stands right in the front of the classroom. She is ready soon as the music goes on. And when I tell you, she couldn't catch a beat with a net. <laughs> However, Sounds she, like me. Well, yeah, it was. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but she was. I, if we was going left, she was going right. <laughs> we were going forward, she was going backwards. But I promise you, the enthusiasm and that childhood kind of curiosity about that kind of music and that kind of movement and, and the way she just had so much fun interfacing with everyone and learning about them and telling about herself. You always could tell when she didn't come to class. Like, she instantly made that class better. And it was already a great class, in my opinion. But now looking at the classes before she started attending and afterwards, like, the cost would have been great because she absolutely elevated that class for us, this little offbeat white lady. <laughs> and so when we talk about the cost, it's not always just financial. You know, mm -hmm. it spills over into the relationships and missed out opportunities, yeah. all because of the color of your skin. Yeah. We have to move to a place in America, in our communities, and we got to really take that personal uh, responsibility to make things different. Now, how are we intentional about going out of our way to make change really happen so that it doesn't cost another generation what it's costing us right now? Yeah, I, I agree. The, the cost is too great. So thank you for listening to Cosnetic. Where our conversations are global. Globally minded and locally focused. We'd love to hear from you and give us feedback on this great topic today about what is the cost of racism. So go to ymcadallas.org slash Cosnetic. And as always, stay dynamic, stay energized, stay Cosnetic.